This podcast is about our experiences with being self-employed, entrepreneurship, and bootstrapping it. Sometimes I have a spectacular guest that join me and share their stories. Also, it's about connecting to our soul, our inner selves, to unwind and chill. My name is Lourdes, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello. I am very grateful that you are taking the time to listen to my episode today. Parents unexpectedly had to homeschool their children because of the current situation with the pandemic. Today's guest is Mimi. Mimi is an online business manager and owns her own business, and she has been homeschooling her kids for over 20 years. That's right, over 20 years. She has eight children, and a few of them already attended college and are successful adults today. She is still, however, homeschooling her younger children, and she shares her experience as a homeschooling mom. Hi, Mimi. How are you today? Hi, I'm fine. Great. Thank you for joining me on my podcast show. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start if you don't mind, okay? Sure. All right. So, Mimi, what made you start homeschooling? Well, actually, it wasn't actually my idea. It was my husband's idea <laughs> when we were getting, when we were uh, engaged, we uh, getting to know each other and, and, and um, engaged. Uh, he wanted to homeschool our kids. And I've never really heard about that before. And so when he wanted to, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll look into that. So he was basically, you know, didn't uh, like the way the schools were going in our area and uh, thought it was best to t teach our own kids. And so that's what I decided to do is look into how to homeschool. That's weird. You mentioned your husband. I never knew that. Um, how do you think he knew about it? Do you know? Um, I think just um, he, he subscribes to like different um, magazines and that, those kind of things before. So just learning about that. They also had um, support groups in the area. So I started, I started attending some of those that, that multiple different kinds of um, homeschool groups. So I checked them all out and decided on the one that we wanted to, to, to attend. Are you a unschooler or what types of homeschooling? Uh, styles are there? There's a lot of variety of homeschool <laughs> styles and, and philosophies and, and things like that. And so um, I did research um, different ones, um, but we end up doing a mix of all the different ones because each kid is different. And even curriculum wise, we also had to um, tailor it per kid. I was thinking at the very beginning that okay, I'll buy one set of curriculum and it will handle all of them. <laughs> but nope, that's not the case. Um, I think my the curriculum I had originally picked out only lasted two kids. And then the third one, I had to change it up a bit. And then all uh, all the kids after that, I had to adjust um, for the different you know learning style and teaching style for each kid. That's a lot of trial and error, but I guess... Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if anybody ever teaches anyone how to homeschool and you had to adjust. So when you invest in these curriculums, are they expensive? Yeah, I started off with some free ones, too. There's a lot of free, um, you know, uh, curriculum plans um, online that where you could just use um, library books. So uh, they had some really good ones there. And some even made up their own like worksheets and things like that for all the different subjects. 
So there's a lot of resources out there if you just want to, um, you know, use a bootstrap method and start off with that because it does get expensive picking all the different curriculums and and finding out, oh, that doesn't work for me. And then you wasted all that money. And now what are you going to do with it? So you can resell it, but, you know, you, you really have to find the right families to to do that with also. Or online. They, they, now Nowadays, you could sell all the curriculum online now, even used ones. Yeah, I think I like that library method. It's it's seems like it's the most frugal or free way to go to start with. Mm-hmm. And how did you realize that the curriculum that you used for one or two years did not work out for the other kid? And how did you know to adjust? Well, you know, the first uh, couple of kids kind of had the same kind of learning style. Um, the third one just you know, didn't like to read. Um, the other ones were uh, were readers. The third one didn't. Um, so I was like, I wonder like why he can't pick this up. And I was thinking, okay, maybe he's dyslexic or something like that. So I started looking into that too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as a parent, you're worried about like something wrong, you know, what should I be, um, you know, doing extra. And so after, I think we were doing different activities and then we also, um, participate in a Bible quizzing tournament. And that was all all oral because, you know, all the questions are asked verbally. Mm-hmm. And then I found out he was able to answer those pretty quickly and did really well in those uh, tournaments. So I was thinking, okay, maybe he's more the auditory type person. And so after like doing, since he didn't like to read, we did some audiobooks, everything audio versions of things. And so he was able to pick some of those things up. So I think that helped out a lot, knowing those kind of things and how your uh, child learns. That's pretty nice. Um, audio learning. Were your first two more visual, I guess? They read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. One one challenge that I did have to look into more is, you know, when, when they're taking tests, everything is written, right? Right. And so for him being auditory, I was like, well, how is he going to, you know, read the test and, and be able to answer that. Cause you know, when you go into college, you're going to have to do that. There's no one there that's going to read you the questions and you have to answer it. So um, I looked into um, some books on how audio learners take those um, written tests. So there are different methods out there. I have to, I don't remember the book. I think it's learning for learning versus testing or something like that. And it kind of uh, showed you how to teach the audio learners how to take a written test. So there are certain uh, memory methods or memory recall that they can do and um, other different, you know, tips and hacks and things like that in order to get uh, the audio type learner to um, to take the written tests. You also mentioned activities. Um, what type of activities do homeschool kids do besides learning in, at home? Um, so we, we did, you know, since we aren't able to do a lot of the sports at that time, you know, we signed them up for um, swimming lessons, you know, year round for all of them. So I've been doing that even till now mm-hmm. <laughs> through eight kids. It's just nonstop uh, swimming lessons until they get to a certain level. Um, we also joined 4-H. Um, that's kind of a, 4-H is like a, a club that kind of does all different activities too. You know, people think it's more for farm type um, kids, but they also have other activities. Like there's a cooking one, there's a public presentation. They have a lot of tech stuff now. So, and then we also did that. They also have a shooting sports program. And so we also get them involved in that. Um, besides those activities, we also do like martial arts. 
um, besides the swimming. Uh, we thought the martial arts would help in terms of self-defense. Same thing with the shooting, um, more defensive, um, especially for the girls. And of course, the boys enjoy that kind of physical type, um, type activities also. So more, and then that helped in terms of, you know, grouping all the kids together without being separated by all the different sports <laughs> that they also get involved in. I think, uh, and then the other one is uh, Civil Air Patrol. So that one's a, another volunteer organization there that um, helps people with leadership, leadership skills. Wow. Well, there goes my next question. I was going to ask you about social skills, but it sounds like your kids are so involved in many different activities that they have actually a lot of social um, skills in these different activities that you have them involved in. That's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You started homeschooling before you had kids, uh, or I mean, research it before you had kids. You've been homeschooling for 20 years. Um, with this pandemic going on, a lot of parents were forced to sort of homeschool their children at home. And of course, some of these parents have full-time jobs and they might be also working from home because of the pandemic in the last year and a half or so. And what could these parents do to manage and not go crazy? And so if the parent is on a Zoom call, that's part of the internet access or um, bandwidth that they're taking up and the child has to be at school, what, what do you what do you tell them? What kind of advice can you provide? Well, I think just, um, you know, expect, setting the expectations, you know, sitting down with the kids and say, okay, you know, I'm going to have to work. You also have to do your schoolwork. You know, how we're going to do that. And setting up a, the expectation, setting up a schedule on when things are happening. Like for my business, if there's different meetings at different times of the day, then letting them know ahead of time that, hey, I have a meeting. And so you all need to be quiet and or they need to get their schoolwork done, um, that kind of thing um, helps out a lot. With the younger ones, I usually try to spend more time with them at the beginning before doing any of my meetings or before um, starting any work-related stuff, just because sometimes they need some of your attention first, and then they're fine after that. So I try to recommend that you work with the younger ones first before doing more work-related stuff. Some homes have more than one children or more than one kid, and they both have to be in school, but only have one computer. Do you talk to the school? What can these parents do? Yeah, I think some of the schools would help out with some of the um, the computer equipment. It really depends on their budget and whether or not they ability to do that. Otherwise, you know, if you just have one, you're just gonna have to again set the expectation, set up a schedule who's going to be on the computer at what time, and then what are the other kids going to do uh, while they're waiting for their turn to get on the computer. So one of them is, you know, they work in their um, their homework. If it's book-related stuff, they can work on that. Another thing is uh, there's always chores around the house <laughs> that they can always do. Uh, there's always something like that. So assigning them different chores during at different times. Now I recommend that the chores be anywhere between like 10 to 15 minutes, I, I made the mistake of giving them like one hour's <laughs> worth of work and that didn't last very long because they just got bored or it was too hard and they just gave up. So I tried to make them uh, the chores pretty um, small and then take a break and then get back into doing another one. Another one I've done with um, 
some of the younger kids sometimes is pairing up an older sibling with a younger sibling, and they get to spend time uh, together, whether it is school related, or they can go outside and play, or they could play somewhere uh, on their own. One other suggestion that that I have also is sometimes we set up um, learning areas or learning centers in each part of our house. And then we could say, like, say, for example, if I have a meeting, split up the kids into different rooms or different areas of the house and um, have them work on a specific um, activity. So sometimes I'll have um, a tub with some toys that they haven't played for in a while. And that could be like two or three tubs. And then um, I'll only take those out during this time, you know, calling like a learning what do they call it? The circuits, I guess you call that. Like they do with the workouts, like learning time, learning circuits. So then you just rotate every 15 minutes working on those different activities. So they each have a tub in those different areas. And then they get to play with those for um, for like a 15-minute block. And then after that, they switch it to another, another um, area. And then now they get to play with something different. So that's another um, thing that has worked uh, for us because it's always a new toy for them. When, whenever we do this activity. Ooh, I like that. I like hiding the toys and they can only play with it at certain times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Um, so again, with the curriculum that the schools are providing and the, the kid might have a homework to do, what if that child doesn't do homework and the teacher gets in touch with you? What do you suggest or some kind of consequence that the kid that you can discipline with, or how do you manage that? Yeah, that's always um, a difficult thing because once you come up with different like rewards or activities like that, that they can do, like sometimes we do computer time, they get extra computer time. If they get things done, it's going to vary based on each kid. And so you have to find out what that is. And when you do find out what that is, it's going to change again. <laughs> so it's a it's a trial and error kind of thing. You got to find out what what gets them motivated, and then use that. And then if that changes again, then you have to try something different. So I have no real like answer to that other than you got to try different things for different kids. Okay, you mentioned different things for different kids. You started out with curriculum. And the third child was an auditory learner. How many kids are you homeschooling currently right now? Three right now. Okay. So do they have different styles for each one of them? Okay. So um, the ones that are left, um, one is a sophomore in high school and the other one's a senior. So during like our high school years, um, we do a lot of CLEP exams, CLEP test. So that's a college level examination program where you can take um, test and then you, if you pass it, then you get credit, college credit for that. So during our high school years, we do a lot of studying for the different tests. And then also um, they have for the junior and senior, they have a dual enrollment school, which is tied to um, the school district where you can take a college course online or in person um, up to like three classes per per semester, and then this also get college credit that way too. So we have different options for that. And then I have a third grader, um, so I just spend some time with him and doing you know the basic you know math, reading, writing. So that doesn't take long for him because he he can pretty much do a lot of reading on his own. Um, it's just the math and any of the writing. About how much time do you spend? With the with your kids homeschooling, um, the younger one first. 
Yeah, the younger one, um, I would say not long, actually, like a couple hours or so, because he, he, is, he is a reader, so he loves history, and he will read all the history books and things like that. So I just focus more on the, the subjects that he's not as, as strong in. And the high schoolers? Um, they are on their own. I just check on them to make sure that um, they are um, getting the classes that they need done. And so during the high school years, too, we have them learn how to manage their time. So we give them, you know, here are the, here are the courses that you need to take. Here are, um, you know, for the whole four years, they know what they need to take. And so they get to schedule um, when they want to take those tests. So they could, you know, take a certain class you know, say algebra or English um, anytime. And um, so once they get those CLEP exams done, then I don't usually bug them after that. So they really get to schedule it. And then they also um, have them responsible for um, managing their, their transcript too, their high school transcript. So whatever subjects that they're working on, once they pass it, then we um, look at the transcript together and then and base it on the grade on how well they did. Your older kids that are uh, that are finished with homeschooling, do you think, and I don't know if you've ever asked them, do you think um, that they enjoyed being homeschooled or they have no regrets being homeschooled? Yeah, I asked most of them and they said that they had a good experience with homeschooling and at least a couple of them said that they would probably homeschool their own kids. And so just again, managing stress for the parents, um, they're overwhelmed with working from home, their children that are home that are, that they're not used to dealing with, what can they do? Take a break <laughs> too. <laughs> sometimes you just need to just relax and then breathe. And, you know, sometimes just going outside and going for a walk <laughs> would help. Even having uh, a support group also, like, you know, what helps too is going to our homeschool co-op that we go to every week and just talking to other moms and, and things like that helps out a lot. And then getting back into the, the homeschooling part back at home, it, you just need a, a break too. So. Ooh, that's a good idea of the parents that are homeschooling that from home because of the schools being closed or um, the mask or the pandemic reasons. Mm -hmm. And for them to get together mm -hmm. through, you know, lunch moms or the school moms can get together and just take a break. Like you said, maybe go out and do something. Where can they get resources to learn more about homeschooling, managing stress, you know, because they're all new at this. Well, um, I have some resources that I have that I could give um, your audience access to. So I have a, a website here, um, yourvirtualservices.com slash eighth level. And so that's the number eight, T H. L-E-V-E-L. -E -E if you go there, I have um, a, a PDF, I guess you could say, an ebook that gives you some um, some tips and tricks on um, how to do that. I even give you an example of our daily schedule and our chore list and what that looks like and what we've used. And you can adjust it to whatever works for your family. I also in the in that I also compare like your business, have your own business, and how that is similar to managing your your family and homeschool at home. Awesome. That's great. I'm glad you can uh, provide that resource. And of course, I'll put that in the show notes and we'll have a link to that resource. And Mimi, uh, before we go, I'm going to ask you a weird or funny question. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. So Mimi, if you had a superpower, what would it be 
and why? If I had a, like, let's see. Like, you know, like Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, superheroes. Let's see. That's a tough question. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you want me to mention superhero or just like a power that? Um, a power, like, a okay. superpower. I would say being able to, I guess, you know, you have those superpowers who just never dies <laughs> and they just keep going and going. So no matter what happens to them, they still come back again. So it's almost like, you know, endless energy. <laughs> okay. You're an immortal. <laughs> Yeah, whatever gets me down, I just get back up and keep going. So I feel like I don't have that, but I want to continue to keep doing what I need to do. Great. Well, you know, thank you so much for uh, answering these questions for homeschooling. I think it's going to help a lot of the parents today um, in a situation that they did not expect to have. I'm glad you were here to uh, answer some questions. Well, thanks for inviting me, Lourdes. And that's it for today's episode. Join me next Wednesday and learn about market research and creating a customer profile. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and please share this episode with your friends. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. And as always, the show notes will be available at 8thLevelPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.